This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. No, it's not. The Arsenal News Show. Uh, to be fair, I've been doing pretty well. I got away of what, four or five shows in a row without messing that up? Pretty good. Consistency is king. Uh, we start from zero though, going forwards from tomorrow. Hello guys, I hope you're having a good day. I hope you've enjoyed the start of your week if you have please do drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show help help the channel by joining up as a member as well and therefore you can join our discord server if you haven't already please go and watch our preview show of the Wimbledon game yesterday I was joined by Lewis and Pablo to talk about the match who we would start, who needs to be rested, what we could expect during the game and how we should approach it considering the North London derby at the weekend. Lots discussed. Make sure you go and check that out. And you could join me just like Pablo and Lewis for these preview shows if you are indeed one of our members in our Discord server. Information is in the description. Um, let's kick off today of course as always by just pointing you briefly in the direction of the Arsenal way I did have a comment yesterday that I want to address you know me like addressing comments saying uh that we're kind of promoting this a lot and spending a lot of time on this I don't think I'm spending a lot of time on this I am having to spend more time on it because of someone now asking me about it but this is not this is absolutely separate to TGT TGT isn't changing there's nothing to do this is just my job like this is my this is my job is this channel and this show is part of my new work over at football.london so it is completely separate uh, help support it help and go and watch it I did a really good tactical kind of episode looking at Arsenal's game against Burnley with Zach Lowy yesterday on the channel so if you like that sort of thing which I know you do like your tactical stuff then please do go and have a look at the channel for that video because it was very insightful and very good as well and I know a lot of you have already supported it so thank you but I wanted to address that nothing's changed on here and in fact I'll be talking about a brand new show that's launching on TGT very very shortly um, but we do, of course, if you haven't checked out our podcast as well, please do go check out our podcast from the weekend also. We kick off, though, with Per Mertesacker, who has been speaking on uh, the Beautiful Game podcast, which you haven't watched this already. We're not going to be able to go through all of the quotes, far from it, in fact, because there was a lot discussed 
please make sure you do go and watch uh, the Beautiful Game podcast. You can find it on YouTube. The boys do some great work and great stuff. So please do go and check it out. Um, but Per Metazaka said uh, on that about kind of where Arsenal's ambitions are specifically. And that's what I want to focus on because he said, I want to be successful tomorrow. I want to go back in the Champions League tomorrow. I want to speak to people and say, listen, we have got the best club in the world who can challenge for titles every single year. That's not the reality. I think the earlier we get on the train of we are in a big, big transition, still the better. To have sustainable success, there needs to be some trust. I'm all for trusting people in the, <laughs> trusting people in people. If Mikel Arteta and I perceive him to be the right person, let's give him the trust and development squad that he can to take to the next level and to achieve Champions League football, maybe in two or three years. Now, first things first. Absolutely fair play, Per Metazaka and the club for allowing that interview to take place. Um, from my perspective, I know how hard it is to get stuff like this and to, to be able to get interviews as such. And it's a good show from the club to allow this to take place and from Pear to make this happen. So I'm really happy about that transparency and I'm really happy. I think that's maybe something that's gone under the radar, just the fact that this interview even exists on TBG um, is is great. So well done to the boys for getting this because it is it was a really good interview and fair play to Pear and the club for making it happen. Secondly, let's actually break down what he said. Now, the idea of getting back to the Champions League in two or three years, if I'm if I'm putting my level-headed hat on as I always try to do, that to me is really fast. And I I'm not exaggerating. Getting back into the Champions League in two to three years from where I look at Arsenal right now is fast. I think we're a million miles away from the Champions League and being in that competition, let alone competing for it. We are so far. We're not even in Europe right now and we've lost our first three games of the season. Like We are so far from that Champions League. And do you know what's nice to hear? It's nice to hear a target. Because when Edu sat down with, of course, the club and Sky Sports, he was asked about targets and saying, I don't want to target top four, top six, top eight, top ten. But Per Metazaka sat down as the head of the academy, not anything really, understand, not anything really to do with the first team. There's lots to do with the first team. You know what I mean? He's not in direct kind of, his, his ambitions, his objectives aren't to do specifically with the first team bar that transition of youngsters into that first team side. It's not his responsibility to see like, for the first team to succeed on an overall perspective. And yet he's sitting there and describing what that next level, what the target is for the club. And to say that they want to get top four in two to three years is is really, first of all, positive. Like, thank goodness we've finally got that target in the public domain. So fair play for saying it. But I still think it's a little bit fanciful being in the top four in two to three years. You have to consider to get into the top four one of Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs. <laughs> I, I suppose you talk about West Ham with how they performed last year as well. Everton. All of these teams have to miss out. Teams have to miss out for Arsenal to get into that top four. It means we have to come above all of those bar three. And when you've got teams like Man City and Chelsea that look so good that you've got Liverpool with a starting lineup as they have and with Man United spending hand over fist on players like Varane, Sancho and bringing back Ronaldo, that's tough. 
that's really hard, especially when you consider that we have an inexperienced coach with a very, very young squad. The idea to get back in the top four is, is really fantasy land stuff. So the fact that that's supposedly the target in two to three years is, in my view, positive. You know, it's positive that the club are out being ambitious, and I think that is an ambition. I think that is an ambitious target to get back into the Champions League in two to three years. Some people may say it's not. Some people say that we should be aiming for it this season. And I think, look, at the end of the day, Arsenal start the season always hoping and looking at that top four as, as the main goal. Always. But realistically, to get into that top four is going to take time. It's going to take development. It's going to take more signings. It's going to take some world-class players still to be blended with this young squad. So to do it with this current squad, I think, would be an unreal achievement. I think getting top six is a really good season. Getting top four is an unbelievable season. An unbelievable season for Arsenal. Um, we move on to the next quote. As I say, I'm going to go through plenty of your comments and your thoughts and feelings at the end of the show, as we always do. If you haven't already, please drop a like on that video. Um, he continues to talk about Mikel Arteta. He says, I hope Mikel gets the time that he needs. When you look at it from a case of first managerial job, where you would hope to have people with experience to know how to deal with these adverse moments, how to deal with successful moments like winning the, winning the FA Cup, I think sometimes it is difficult to explain. What Mikel gives you is a hell of a lot of experience as an assistant coach under Pep Guardiola. He wanted to make the next step and people and hierarchies trusted him. Now, obviously... He is an employee of the club. So he's never going to say anything <laughs> detrimental towards his, what I believe to be his boss in Mikel Arteta, as the first team manager, is above that of the head of the academy. Now, it's interesting that he talks about experience. Yes, there's experience under Pep Guardiola and have learned learning under him. But as we've come to learn as ourselves, as fans, is that that experience that Mikel Arteta has, that for me is, is contextually very low in comparison to our rivals, in comparison to clubs that are trying to achieve the same targets as us and more. And that puts us, that puts us at a disadvantage. Naturally, it puts us at a disadvantage. And so we, if you are anyone that is still very much like... Arteta needs to be given loads of time and we should be backing him, et cetera, et cetera. That it's, you are it is blindly doing so because the evidence to suggest that this is going to improve and increase right now, that it's very slim. And that's why my view on the coach changed because there wasn't any longer the evidence to, to suggest that I should continue thinking that him being in charge was the right move. I just don't know really what we are seeing on the pitch right now in terms of a style. And I get so whenever I say that, I know I get a few comments in the chat saying like, how how can you not see a style? How can you need to not see what Arteta is trying to implement? And I, I don't see what they're seeing because you look at the goals we've scored this season, which by the way, in the Premier League is two. One of those goals was a very fortunate scenario with obviously Pepe hitting the ball across goal to, to Aubameyang there was a good bit of play prior to that to be fair and the second goal was a free kick and we've scored two goals in five games and the chances that we're making outside of that and we created a lot of chances against Norwich it's I still can't see that style I can't see how we're looking to get that ball 
in the net consistently. I can't see how we're looking to, you know, to play. It's a, I'm not seeing triangles. I'm not seeing a system. I'm not seeing patterns. And that's the problem for me is that I can't see this style. And that's all I want. And to be fair, if Arteta showed me that style, and it may take some time with the new players that are coming into the team, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, you know, say, okay, I can see it. I'm not going to be so stubborn to keep going every single week and going, oh, I can't see a style. That's not me. You know that's not me. I'm very willing to change my view on things. But I need to, I need to see the style. I need to see how we're looking to get the ball in the net in multiple ways, not just one dimensionally, not just throwing the ball in the in the box from crossing positions that's what i need to see anyway we're going for 11 minutes and i've been lingering around this interview for a while but i know a lot of people wanted me to break some of it down so there you go there's a couple more things that we need to discuss and then we'll get to your questions in the chat box first one is around noah lang uh noah lung um i think it is lang though i know he plays in belgium it's not a french pronunciation i'm pretty sure it's lang noah lang club brugger um 22 year old dutch youth international soon to be dutch full international has been linked with a move to arsenal for a figure of around 20 million pounds um now i've got a piece coming out on football.london a little bit later this morning that you'll be able to check out i spoke uh, to Bart uh, Lager, uh, who is a Belgian football journalist and Club Brugge watcher. And he goes very much into the detail about Noah Lang, who he is, and why uh, Arsenal are being linked with him. Uh, he's got four goals, four assists so far in all competitions this season uh, and played exceptionally well in the in the Champions League game against PSG, which I know is where a lot of kind of this furore around him and probably where the links have started from. The links come from a site called Fijales or Fijales, Fijales. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, um, but it's a site that's not particularly proved that reliable for starters. I don't particularly buy into this story just yet and when I was speaking to Bart to, to write the piece which comes out a little bit later one of the key things which I will give you a sneak peek for it is that he feels that Noah Lang is looking for Champions League football and that if he goes anywhere he is going to be going to somewhere with Champions League football he's got it right now with Club Brugge he doesn't want to lose that and so if Arsenal have any hope if they really genuinely would like to sign Noah Lang it would require them to have Champions League football which currently, as we know, is, as we're told by Per Metazaka, about two to three years away. So we will see. You never know. He may decide to make that step to Arsenal if it means losing and missing out on Champions League football. But that is supposedly his ambition. That's where he wants to move next. And he is rated at a certain level um, that would deem him worthy of moving to a club with Champions League football from how he has moved since leaving, I believe it was Ajax. So, but as I say, the article will be a bit out a little bit later this morning. I'll be tweeting it off my personal account at Tom Canton Media, and of course, I'll retweet it from the Guna Talk account. But uh, give it a read, find out more about him, uh, including some interesting quotes about how he compares Nicolas Pepe. So, do give that a read. Lastly, uh, Italian media have reported that Atletico Madrid and Juventus are monitoring Bakayo Saka, and that supposedly Arsenal value him at a figure of around fifty million euros i mean oh dear oh dearie dearie me <laughs> 50 million are we kidding are we real 50 million euros is what we're apparently valuing at and we wouldn't accept anything less than 50 million euros this story is one of the most classic examples of a story for the sake of a story arsenal 
do not want to sell Bakayo Saka. They are not considering anything around a 50 million euro fee, which amounts to about 42, 43 million pounds. It is just not true. So don't worry. Don't concern yourselves. There is nothing, nothing in that story whatsoever. And I'm not even going to talk about any more other than that because it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, uh, interestingly, carrying on with the Saka theme, article of the day to show you, link in the description for this is, I wrote a piece yesterday evening about why Martinelli's future depends on Arteta's key decision surrounding Bakaya Saka and Nicolas Pepe. For me, he has to choose between one or the other to play on the right-hand side. I think Saka is suffering on the left. I think he has to choose between Pepe and Saka as who he starts as his first-team right-winger. On the left-hand side, it would open up opportunities for Martinelli, as well as the likes of Smith-Rowe and Aubameyang, should we want to play them there. But I go into a lot of detail about how we need to pick between one of Saka and Pepe to play on the right, because that's their best position. And we need to play someone more naturally on the left. I also think Martinelli can bring us a fair few more goals from that position than, say, Saka can right now on the left-hand side. So give that a read. Tell me what you think and leave your thoughts and feelings on the article comment description. Now, I promised you a brand new show and I am bringing you a brand new show. The Let's Talk Arsenal Fans series is coming out very, very soon. In fact, it's going to be out today, 5 p.m. UK time. It is a pre-recorded series. It will premiere, 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 live so you can watch it live you can get involved as far as i'm aware with the chat box whilst it's going on but it's not live in the sense that i can go through your questions it is a podcast it is a video podcast that you'll be able to see on here it's an audio podcast that you'll be able to listen to on spotify and itunes and soundcloud and all that good stuff um, and it is basically a different kind of show in which i sit down with a recognizable arsenal supporter for an hour and have a good chat about how they became an arsenal fan some of the controversies around where they are right now. There's a lot of, obviously, and I should tell you that the first conversation I'm having with is Mr. Lee Judges uh, will be joining me for the first one. Uh, so that's out. The first Let's Talk Arsenal fans of Lee Judges is out at 5 p.m. today. And me and Lee talk a lot about, firstly, how he became a fan, how he got into AFTV, the impact on his life, both positively and negatively. Uh, and obviously then starting his own channel and some of the amazing benefits he's had from being with our AFTV and how it's changed his life completely. Uh, and some of the really amazing stories about people coming up to him in not such a nice way, it's fair to say. Um, we go into that and I'm looking forward to carrying on this series and speaking to plenty of recognisable Arsenal fans uh, and talking to them about the world of being uh, in this chaotic sphere of Arsenal fandom and social media and in a way in which some fans can even become pretty famous to the point where they can't really move around the stadium because people are so intent on taking pictures and having autographs, etc. It's very, very strange uh, how the world of Arsenal fandom has changed. And so we go into some of kind of the sociological, soci sociological impacts of that and the psychological impacts of it as well. So... You'll be able to see that on the channel, premiering at 5 p.m. UK time and on audio platforms on SoundCloud and Spotify as well. So I can't wait to bring you that. I will now 
be fielding your questions. Thank you for waiting ever so patiently. We do move on to the final part of the show, which is, of course, getting your thoughts and feelings, as always, in the chat box. So if you do have something you'd like to see discussed or like to ask, then please do throw them into the chat. And also, speaking of kind of the Arsenal fans, let's talk Arsenal fans episode, if you do have any suggestions of people that you think would be very good to bring on the show, then do not hesitate to uh, let me know who you would like to see come on there as well, because I'm always up for getting your suggestions for people as well. Um, Belage says, hoping to see Mo on. Yeah, of course. I mean, me and Mo have, have been chatting for a few weeks now over on the Arsenal Lounge ever since I moved over there for my Monday nights. I really enjoy being on the Arsenal Lounge. I said to the boys the other day, I was like, I, I host show, so many shows on here and now on the Arsenal way that it's nice to be able to answer questions. Um, and that's great. So that's become my Monday residency, if you like, is over with those boys. So yeah, and, and Mo and Lev and Shaheen, I'm looking forward to, to speaking to all of them um, on the channel and on this Let's Talk Arsenal fans series. So I look forward to bringing you that this evening. Um, Bungle says, can you get Maria on the show? One of our own, that legend. Um, that's gone over my head. You're going to have to tell me who Maria is. I'm, I'm probably just being an absolute idiot. Uh, tell me who it is, Bungle. Vengates says, Tom, I'm ready to eat humble pie. I thought we were in a very bad position as pundits uh, made us believe when i see spurs i see more problems from board level to manager we have improved massively since venga massively since venga venkatesh i think is quite a bit of a stretch um i don't think we've improved since venga's left if you look at the position in the table that probably tells you all you need to know however there are some things that we've progressed at i think the, the types of players we're signing has improved but we need to now bring that all together all the ingredients of a nice humble pie need to be brought together before we can eat it, Venkatesh. And we're not quite there yet. Cam, if you want to know my starting 11 for the Wimbledon game tomorrow, go watch the preview show. I go through my entire starting 11 along with uh, Lewis and Pablo's in that. So make sure you go and watch the preview show. There you go. Um, Lewis Hamilton is a good shout, says fake creator. Who knows who you're going to see popping up on the channel james rose says do you think pair will be an upgrade on edu in the director of football role no idea james because we're seeing him do some really good work with the youth team i think that's very much kind of his his gist i think he kind of really gets this side of the the sport and how you develop the youth and bringing them through it doesn't necessarily have to make signings in the same way that edu's making signings in that sense obviously you're scouting and you're looking for some really good young players i mean you think of leo meso that joined the team very famously and joined the youth team. I think he was only like eight, nine years of age. So that sort of thing. So I honestly don't know, James, the impact that he would have as a director of football or a technical director or a sporting director in any of these kind of executive positions. There's no way of knowing for me whether he would be a good person to have uh, in that position. John says, Tom, do you think if we sell Saka for 50 million euros, we could use that money to buy Haaland for 20 million and Bappe for 10 million, and then we'd have 20 million left to extend Xhaka for eight years? <laughs> Johnny boy, cheeky work, son. GGTV for you says, your schedule must be crazy. Good work, my guy. God bless you. Yes, it is crazy. You know, that's one of the things that really bugs me about a couple of comments I've received on videos, like you seem to be prioritizing other things. You're not doing the same amount of work as you were prior to like or during the summer when we did the Arsenal transfer show 
I haven't had to do this 8am show. Like, I've continued to do it. Like, it's never going to get the same amount of kind of attention as your transfers because that's just the way the world of football works. Transfers are exceptionally popular. But it gets me up in the morning. It gets me hard working. It gets me grafting. It gets you guys talking about Arsenal at the first thing at 8am. And I'm doing more shows as well. I'm doing a thing with the Arsenal Lounge. I'm doing the Arsenal Way stuff. I'm doing my job at Football.London. I'm producing podcasts. I'm still doing transfer shows when there is anything to talk about like that. I'm doing match reaction shows as early as I can. I'm doing interviews. I'm doing preview shows. I don't know what more I can do. Like, I don't know what more there is. So there you go. Um... Let's go to uh, Vuk, who says, uh, Pear likes a a non-so-stress job. I'm pretty sure the academy is pretty stressful. You've got to sort the under-23s, the under-18s, the under-16s, and so on. You've got to sort all of these teams. Arteta's got to manage one team, the first team. Pear Matazak is in charge of about 10. I wouldn't say it's non-stressful at all. I think, if anything, it takes even more work to cover all your bases and a lot more delegation of roles and managing a lot more people as well. Amandeep, can you get on Chris the Goat Wheatley? We could always work on getting Chris on. Uh, he's a, Chris is a very nice guy, so I'm sure that Chris will come on at some point. Jasmine says, don't you think Arteta sets his team style in accordance to who your opponents are? Graft was needed against teams like Burnley. I think that he sets his team out in accordance to some opponents. Norwich... I think we could have done a lot more in that game. Like we went quite defensive. Maybe that's because we only had Laconga and Maitland Niles as a midfield. But he could have chosen to go slightly differently. He could have done something a little bit different. Um, so I'm not sure. I think he's learning still. I think sometimes he gets it spot on. I think he did against, to be fair, I think he did against Norwich um, with that lineup. I think that the only thing you could have changed is maybe bring in Smith Rowe. Uh, and put maybe Lukonga as a sole six like he did with Partey. But I didn't have too many complaints about that lineup. I had a lot of complaints about Chelsea. I had a lot of complaints about Manchester City. I thought those two lineups were ridiculous, to be honest. But the last two, I can't really fault in terms of lineups. So there you go. Chet Perk says, I'm confused by all of the Pepe fanboys. I'm all for backing our boys, but do you think he should be still a regular starter? For me, if it's between Pepe and Saka starting on the right, I want to give Pepe, I want to give Saka the opportunity to get back to his best. I think the ceiling of, of Saka is much higher than that of Pepe. I think he will come good with goals and assists in more frequent terms if he was played on the right over Pepe. And I think you do need to choose between the two of them. Um, you can play Pepe left. It has worked a little bit, but let's be real. His best performances come when he is on the right-hand side. So there you go. Uh, none of that. <laughs> let's go to Wayne, who says, I think you're doing a great. I think your balanced views are refreshing to watch. Thank you, Wayne. Really appreciate that. Wilson says, do you think it's an absolutely vital that Arsenal build the team around Saka? Saka, Smith-Rowe, Lukonga. Um, who else is under the age of 21 or 21 and under? It's a ridiculous amount of young players we've got in this team. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You look at how many under the age of 24 do we have? Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, Ben White, Gabriel, Tierney is 24, Lukonga, uh, you go into the forward line, Saka, Smith Rowe. The only, and I'm missing three players, and that's Partey at 28, Abamyang at 32, and Pepe at 26. It's a ridiculously young team. It's so, so young. So I think we, we need to balance things up a little bit. 
I think we need to bring in in the next summer, kind of the 25 to 26 world-class talent to make some immediate impact in the squad, specifically at striker, because Lacazette's going to go and Kete is probably going to go, and in midfield. Even though we've got Lokonga, I think I'd feel a lot better with another real top quality central midfielder coming into the team, be that Bruno Guimaraes, um, be that uh, uh, an Eve Basuma, these types of players. Like that's, that's who I would be looking at. Thanks, Anza. Much appreciate the kind comment, fella. I really do. Piers Morgan on the show, and why is the name he shouldn't speak of that he said once upon a time? Look, I, I don't agree with a lot of what Piers says. Um, I, I would really, I think I'd struggle. Um, I'm just speaking seriously. Like I think I would struggle um, with some of the stuff that he said to have him on the show, and maybe that makes me a bad host. Maybe I should be more open. I'm just, I'm just, I think I would just struggle right now. Maybe I'm just not an experienced enough host yet to, not that it would ever happen, but like just, you know, um, I, I'd struggle. I think I really would struggle. Um, Jasmine says, do you see Xhaka coming back into the first 11 versus Spurs? Will Arteta prefer Xhaka over Lukonga as the partner to Partey at the pivot? Um I, you know, I can see it happening. I said on the lounge yesterday that I would, I want to say no. And maybe that's me forcing it into existence rather than being genuine about the answer. I can see it. I can see him playing Jack or Lukonga. Absolutely. I think it would be ridiculous to do so. The fact that he let us down so much against City with that silly challenge, you can say whether it's a red card or not, but we know his situation. We know how much of an impact he has in terms of the referees and them making decisions. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him an opportunity to make a decision by throwing yourself in two food. So there you go. Um, James, would you bring Sanchez back on a free? Absolutely not. Check Pert says Johnny Rotten. <laughs> Wesley says, do you think if Arsenal will do any transfers in January? I think out. I don't think in unless there are any injuries. Nambro says, would you be happy if Arsenal signed Basuma in January and a world-class striker in the summer? And that's it. Absolutely. If we signed, if you told me that we're signing two players in the next year and those two players are Eve Basuma and a, a genuine world-class striker, I'd take that all day long. Absolutely. I think Arsenal, genuinely, with the squad that we've got, the depth that's in the team, it would depend on who else leaves. Because if, if say, because I think about it, if, if holding goes, if you sell holding, maybe Chambers goes, bring Saliba back. That's, to use the old catchphrase, like a new signing. Bring Saliba back in. You get a central midfielder like a Basuma and you add a real world-class striker. I don't think, Alex, you're going to be getting Haaland. But a genuine, the, the, either world-class striker who's on the verge of being a world-class striker. And that's that's fine for me. That's absolutely fine for me. I think that really would be a good... I think we've got the foundation. It's now about adding those, you know, those little bombs of chocolate to the to the dish <laughs> going all chefy with the analogies i've been watching a lot of master chef recently um but that's that's what i'd be looking at who the striker is i don't know um i really like dominic calvert lewin i'm not sure if he is the world class potential striker i'm after I'll make my decision, I suppose, close to the end of the season, but I like him a lot. Vlervic at Fiorentina looks to be someone that could be on the level of Haaland in the future. Erling Haaland would be a dream if we got into the Champions League this season, which is a fanciful idea. Who knows? That's where he wants to play. Um, you got to think that we've got, you know, we've got to think it. Balazs says, media favourite, Yusuf Naziri. Oh, as soon as I mentioned his name, all over it. Stories popping up 
popping up everywhere like trolls in a group chat. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Darwin Nunez, I just don't think he's become the player people thought it's John. I think he was being linked with Brighton earlier on in the season. Not to say that makes him bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that's the right next step for Darwin Nunez is a club like is, is a club like that. Again, with Alexander Izak, check. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Latara Martinez is possibly one. Martinez is definitely one I'd consider. Problem with Martinez is he plays very well in a two, and we don't really play in a two. He has played on his own for Argentina and won a Copa America doing it. I'm just not sure whether or not Latara Martinez is the guy that we should be looking at as the perfect player for that number nine position. We clearly want a number nine because we went for Tammy Abraham. We did. We really wanted Tammy Abraham and the club were really pushing for it. We just weren't able to move out someone to get him in. And we couldn't bring in Tammy Abraham without moving on one of Lacka or Oba. And so because we because we didn't do that, um, that's that's unfortunately it at the moment. What's the ultimate target for Arsenal in next season? Personally, I want us to challenge for the title. I think that's I think again that's ridiculous. Um top four again, absolutely. Uh, Harlan's agent wants £500,000 per week for his wages Arsenal will never ever sign him I tell you what I'd pay it <laughs> I don't care I'd pay that all day long is he worth that is he worth £25 million a season absolutely absolutely is Harlan worth £25 million a season easily and this is why I say about um, this is why I say about Liverpool and, and Mohamed Salah if, if Mohamed Salah wants £500,000 a week pay it I mean, I saw something interesting on Terry's show on the Football Terrace. He was talking about one of the Liverpool fans saying that Salah's the best player in the world right now. I don't agree with him being the best player in the world, but he's surely top three. I'm trying to, I'm really wrapping my brains. Mbappe, Haaland, Salah, Ronaldo and, and Messi are just outside the bracket. Although Ronaldo's goal record would tell you that I'm an idiot for suggesting that. But Salah... If you have, I mean, Liverpool would be mad to not keep him. And I know that there'll be people saying, Abamyang, look what happened. We gave him a big contract. I just don't really see that in the same way with Salah. He's so integral to what Liverpool do. He's not like an Abamyang in the sense that he needs other people to give him the service to score. Salah's a, a force of nature and, and they should do everything they can to keep him. Ozimen, Neil, is a good shout from Napoli. He has transitioned from Lille, where he scored a lot of goals, gone Serie A, and he's scoring again. He cost them a lot of money, and I think it would cost a lot of money to get him. But he's certainly one that's on my radar of people to keep an eye on. Clive says, Cody Gakpo, uh, Gakpo, uh, Netherlands international. I don't know loads about him, Clive, to be honest. I've not watched loads of him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that you've started to go mad. 22 years of age, two goals in six Champions League games, uh, one guy in last five Eredivisie games playing for PSV, left winger. I mean, I genuinely, Clive, if you haven't already, go and have a look at Noah Lang from Club Bruges. I've been told to pronounce now. Um, go and have a look at him at Club Bruges. Very interesting. Very, very, very interesting player. So I've got an, I've got an article coming out on him talking to a, a Belgian football expert this morning. So make sure you give it a read. Um, Jasmine says, Tom, is it time to increase our transfer window ratings? Oh, I see what you mean. Um, no. I don't think so. I said it was a 6 out of 10. I really liked what we did. I mean, I said it was a 7 out of 10, actually, towards the end of the window. Because when we brought in Tommy Asu, I said it's a 7. We didn't bring in the, the, the centre midfielder, Jasmine. And, and that is always, always, always going to be 
the big crux of the window for me is that we didn't bring in the centre midfielder and we didn't move out the players that we needed to. We didn't move them all out. So, Jasmine, I'm still very much on a seven um, with Tommy Asu coming in. If we ended up getting top four, <laughs> which is just, as I say, fanciful, then maybe my view would change. But right now, no, Jasmine. Seven still, I think, is a very fair... Um, a fair kind of assumption to make right now. Um, as I said, five o'clock, let's talk Arsenal fans is coming out at 5 p.m. with Lee, our first episode, hour-long podcast, chatting about the psychological, sociological impacts of being a recognisable fan in the community. I'm going to be talking to more fans, to journalists that are very much involved with Arsenal. I'm looking forward to getting through this series with you guys uh, on a bi-weekly, weekly, monthly basis. There's no regularity to it. It's just as and when we get these podcasts done. But first one comes out at 5pm today. Really interesting chat with Lee. Make sure you check it out. Brand new show. Um, other than that, please do drop a like on today's video. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, and go follow us over on the Arsenal way as well. Link in the description is there. I'll be doing a 9.30 show of Chris Davison and Jake Stokes. So come join us at 9.30. Uh, and yeah, and hopefully I'm being told very reliably that the Football Funnies video, some people know what I'm talking about, but I did some in real life football filming and completely embarrassed myself. Utterly, utterly embarrassed myself. If you've ever wondered how good I am at football, you're going to want to watch this video because it's it's frankly hilarious how bad I am at football but you're going to be able to see it. So that hopefully should be out later today, maybe tomorrow. But I'll be tweeting it out. I'll be going mad about it because it's really funny um, and it should be really good. So fingers crossed that it is. Uh, anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys, to speak with you. I will see you a little bit later on today. The show will premiere at 5 p.m. It won't be live. You'll be able to join the, the chat box as far as I'm aware because it's premiered at 5. So there's, there'll be a live chat box discussing while the show's going on. But... It won't be live. It's already been recorded. So uh, make sure you do go and check it out. Make sure you drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.